joining us to talk bass fishing in the Brainerd Lakes area on Lake Pacagama and his trip to ICAST. Plus a great question for the aquatic biologist. It's all coming up. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, checking in with our friend uh, Keith Tuma, outstanding bass angler from the Brainerd Lakes area who uh, has been doing a lot of bass fishing this year. We'll get to that. But Keith, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And secondly, you had a fun trip this last week. Kim, what a pleasure to be back on with you. Thank you again for having me. Um, actually, before we get to the uh, fun trip, I'm going to have to say, if this is going to be a recurring thing here on your show, we may have to make a new segment. Oh, really? Uh, something? Yeah, we could call it something like, I don't know, Tuma Time with your host, Kevin Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tuma anyway, Time. Tuma Time. I like right? it. <laughs> we make it a thing. Yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah, I was down in, uh, I was down in Orlando, Florida. I got an inv- invitation to go to the ICAST show, which is like the fishing industry's, um, well, it's kind of like a trade show of fishing industry, but wouldn't be a trade show. It's more of a, a sports show or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of new products released for all kinds of fishing industry, uh, manufacturers and companies. And that's yeah, just, uh, once a year happens and it's, uh, it's a great time. It's kind of, kind of overwhelming, overwhelming the first time you head down there. So this was your first trip to ICAST? It certainly was. And I uh, was uh, fortunate enough to get invited down with the uh, 13 fishing crew and I worked with their booth and, uh, basically I was just a, a, a meet and greet guy and, uh, kind of went over the product that I was familiar with that they have, uh, namely their, their new line of fishing rods and reels. Um, and then some of their baits that they're producing this year. What makes uh, 13 Fishing so good in your mind? Oh, my goodness. All right, first and foremost, I'm going to say their customer service uh, and then their warranty. Uh, they tie they tie hand in hand. Um, absolutely great product. If you have any issues with it, you know, things happen when you're out on the water. Things happen when you're transporting your rods from your vehicle or your house to your boat. So their, their warranty is second to none in the industry. Um, plus also... You know, when you're using their product, the rods specifically, which I'm very accustomed to, uh, super sensitive, great power, and just a wide variety of different uh, actions and uh, lengths of the of the fishing rods to suit anybody's uh, frame and style of fishing. Uh, and so you were there representing them, uh, but Correct. there's a lot of other people there too. Um, for those who have never been there before, uh, it's probably one of those things that every angler should go to at least once. Well, if it was open to the public, I would say absolutely it would be great to just have every angler go there. Um, <clears throat> it's more of just like a like a kind of like a buyer's show, and then you know, a, not a special invite, but uh, you have to be, I think, in the business in order to get the, uh, okay. the invite to go. Huh. Um, but still, yeah, it's something everybody should go to. There's tons of videos out there. Um, all kinds of different companies were doing videos and can you know getting people that. 
that couldn't be there, kind of caught up on what happens at the ICAST show and all that stuff. Great time. And you're right. There's so much to see. I made a couple laps around the uh, convention center and I was just overwhelmed. I mean, it's, it's every bit of ele- or every amount of electronics that you can think of, bait companies that you can think of, uh, from little, little mom and pop shop stuff all the way up to the, the big name brand, you know, the, the huge, huge ones in the market these days. So it's, uh, it was really neat. A lot of the uh, professional anglers from, from walleye to panfish to bass to, you know, heck, offshore ocean fishing stuff were there as well. So a lot of, you know, familiar faces that you see on the Internet or on uh, podcasts or or on TV. You know, they're, they're there. It's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was kind of neat in that regard, you know? Yeah. Any Anything caught your eye that uh, you think, I've got to get this? Uh, well, if I could fit everything from that show in my truck <laughs> or my boat, yes. Because <laughs> is that about Summit Hub? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of new product coming out. Um, you know, everybody, you know, they, they're, this is, like I said, this is once once in, once a year, uh, the big release for, for new baits, new uh, equipment, new electronics. Uh, so there's, yeah, it's just, I, I had the, the kid in a candy store uh, feeling going on whenever I was walking around, so little bit of a uh, little bit of ADD hooked up to it's like oh you know piece of candy over here oh piece of candy over here that type of thing and so I thought uh, to to put to nail nail it down to one specific thing no just load me up with everything and I'd be tickled pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing that I keep hearing about over and over every year it's all the the electronics are always the thing that dazzles people. Whew. And that's that's becoming a staple in in any style of fishing these days um, with the with the advent of faster processing electronics and clear resolution um the the different imagery that uh that we're able to you know get on the screen versus via what's going on around us and the speed you know it's everything's instantaneous or dang close to instantaneous right now it's absolutely incredible what we're what we're seeing that's below the surface you know before throw on a mask and a snorkel or throw on some scuba gear and and get after it and now that's your world we're seeing that on screens in front of our faces. It's just absolutely, it's it's crazy to think about it, mind-boggling. But that uh, that technology is out there, and it's available to each and every one of us. Yeah, and, and how long does the show last generally? It's three days. Um, so it went Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, most of the day on Friday. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's go, go, go the entire time. So what are they thinking putting it in Orlando in July? Oh, that's a fantastic question. You know, I thought we were hot and humid up here. <laughs> but uh, you step outside at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, and it's already 85 degrees, and the humidity is in the 90-ish percent. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter if you shower in the morning. You want to you know, step outside, turn right back around, and go take another shower. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, no, it definitely... Uh, <laughs> It, uh, it was inside a huge convention building, uh, convention center building, so they had, they had uh, climate control and all that. It was, it was actually decent, really nice. We were wearing shorts and T-shirts, obviously. So yeah. It was really nice inside. But, uh, yeah, the moment you uh, open that door to the outside, so, whew, it's uh, a little reality check for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how have things been for you? Have you been uh, tournament fishing lately? I think the last we talked, um, I believe there was a tournament on Gull Lake that uh, Andy and myself, my uh, MNBN fishing partner, uh, we came in third on that deal. Okay. And then uh, recently we had uh, 
we had the the uh, Lake Pacagama in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, or Pacagama Lake, uh, MNBN. Um, that one went, oof, it was frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I would say normally say, oh, yeah, it was great, fantastic. We had a phenomenal finish, which we did. We came in fifth place out of 50 anglers, uh, or 50 teams, I should say, and uh, which was great. But, dude, we earned it. It yeah. was uh, <laughs> from, from pre-fish to tournament day. And I'm talking like the day before tournament day, we had a pattern going. And it was, it was kind of specific, and it was yielding um, above-average size fish. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, I stuck with that the next day because the conditions were the same. It, nothing that I can think of in my pea-picking little brain changed. So I'm being stubborn, and I'm trying to force-feed these fish something that they clearly do not want. Um, so I was a little frustrated. Uh, my partner, Andy, he's trying to talk me through it. He's like, dude, uh, this isn't working. <laughs> um, we need to do something else. So we would expand, uh, go try something else, and I'd always end up going back to that one thing. And finally, at, at like 11.30, 11.45, I scrapped it. And we went and did something completely off the wall on some old school spots. And lo and behold, uh, the fifth place bag was, was swimming around there, and we were able to uh, put them in the boat. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah. It just that, uh, I guess that little story right there is, is not necessarily a lesson, but uh, something to keep in mind when things seem tough, it's probably that we need to change what we're doing. So if there's anything, you know, if there's a silver lining in this, which you kind of have to look at it and, and such to stay positive, it's not the fish. Well, the fish probably changed, but it's not their fault that we can't catch them because we're doing it wrong at that point, you know, that given point in time. So we need to make the, the subtle little changes, and it was subtle. <laughs> we we need to make the subtle little changes to entice their uh, entice them to bite or entice their appetites or however uh, however we should probably be putting that. It's uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, it worked out. It was fantastic. Uh, we are still uh, leading point, and we've got uh, we've got two tournaments left in that series. Later on in the show, we'll be back with more Tuma Time, and we're going to talk about Pokegama Lake. But up next, Dr. Andrew Haves from Bemidji State University is back in. It's time to ask the aquatic biologist. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Ask the aquatic biologist. It's time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes, another good question. We've, we talk a lot about all the different things that can affect a fish and affect fishing and affect this and that, but probably the thing that would affect a fish's health more than anything is the environment in which it lives. Um, that's obviously very crucial. We've seen a lot of change in behavior over the years. The DNR has really, you know, pushed and sometimes uh, codified, you know, maintaining a, a ribbon of, of natural vegetation growth along shorelines rather than just clearing it all off. 
um, not wanting to pull all the weeds out so you're you're you have a nice beach where you're at all of those things because it, it contributes to the health of the fishery so um, as we look at the health of a fishery are there anything that we can see as as um, laymen and laywomen uh, when we're out there that could indicate to us we got problems brewing in in a lake well i guess i just need uh, a little bit of clarification on this one like so what is trouble, in your opinion, for a lake? Um, trouble for a lake would be anything that is going to negatively affect the health of fish and the populations of fish within that lake. So you're worried about, let's just say, the walleye population crashing in Lake Bemidji yep. as a result of something. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I think some of the, and, and you're talking about when you're in the boat, actually sitting there as an angler. As an angler or onshore, or any, you know, just things you could spot. Is there anything a person could spot that says, mm, that's a trouble sign? Or is it would, something that has to be a little bit more? Yeah, it's a little bit of both here. I, I would say as like an angler, the best metric you have in terms of uh, the quality is how many fish you're catching. Yeah. And if, if, you've, if that tanks on you, that, you know, oftentimes the anglers really know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. and. Um, have a really good handle on ecology and things like that as well. It's really interesting. Some of the incoming students that come into BSU oftentimes know quite a bit uh, and just got to show them that they know that. Yeah. And so uh, catch rates, I think, would be a really big one. Now, the other thing that you brought up was, is it bigger than this? Like, And, yeah, I think that the – for me, I would look at the watershed, you know, from Google Earth images or something like that. And let's just say the – you know. I don't want to get too political or anything like that, but let's just say the size of Bemidji would double. And that concrete that's there, that's going to cause some issues. You know, it could. Um, the lakeshore development, right? Mm-hmm. If, they, if it keeps expanding from that south shore and keeps wrapping around on Lake Bemidji, um, that would be something that I would be concerned about. I really think that one of the really awesome things about Lake Bemidji is that we have this whole east and east shore that's largely wooded right and uh, protected and i think that's great for lake bemidji so okay um those are things that you might have to look at an aerial photo to see uh you know see size of the city and things and what percentage of the landscape is actually forested is a really big deal i think once you dip below 70 percent i think of, of the watershed being forested that can be some issues for people whose job it is to keep tabs on that and keep things healthy, what are some of the things they're looking at? I think some of those metrics that we just mentioned, like what percent is forested, how much of the watershed is impervious surfaces, um, you know, the shoreline development indexes. And I know that you can look at just some really quick metrics that they use uh, to estimate vegetation quality along the shoreline. That's a really good one. Yeah. So uh, there's lots of things that are being tracked um, that can be measured, you know, with some effort. So yeah. vegetation near shore is a good one. Logs in the, you know, vegetation on the near shore habitat as well, not just in the water. Those are big deals. Um, the forested ecosystem in the watershed itself. Okay. Um, so in a, in a lake... Um, what is the key thing that a fish needs? Well, that's a 
There's lots of different fish species. Uh, yes, so. I, I know that's kind of a very broad question. Yeah. Oxygen and temperature, you know, those are two really big ones. Um, having those in the right range, you know, and the prey base being there, spawning habitat, those are some mm-hmm. key things uh, that a fish population would need. They have to be able to reproduce effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Have to be able to eat yeah. effectively. And then the, the conditions that they live in have to be suitable in terms of all the chemicals and dissolved oxygen and things like that. Oxygen is a, is an interesting one you bring that up because we're hearing a little bit about that already this year because of the lower water levels. There's lower water um, plants taking up more oxygen, making less oxygen for fish. And it, it hasn't been, I haven't heard it to be a dramatic concern yet, but it is, you know, you lose a little bit of uh, a few inches of water from what the lakes used or to feet. have and, yeah. and feet and all of a sudden, you, you're losing a lot of oxygen. Now, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about that in, in terms of water levels. But I would imagine um, there might be, if we compound this now with a strong winter on top of that, with low water levels, some lakes that have not normally been susceptible to winter kill might experience that. So, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to, to see yeah. how that plays out throughout the following winter and next spring. Well, Hopefully it's a non-event, but right, but sure. you don't know. I mean, we don't know right now. Cause, yeah, it's uh, almost a double-edged sword here because we need the snow to get the water levels back up, but then the snow shuts the light off in the system. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. All right, another fascinating question uh, with Dr. Andrew Haves, the aquatic biologist at Bemidji State University. Andy, thanks for your time today. Thank you very much. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. More Tuma time with Keith Tuma. He was recently fishing Lake Pokegama. I just want to talk about Pokegama a little bit. That is oh, such yeah. a unique lake uh, for so many species. Yes. I mean, yep. you hear incredible stories about walleyes, about uh, uh, about big northerns, and bass. It's 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 really crazy. It's got a, a phenomenal um, population of perch. Uh, the majority of the fish are out there. I'm going to say that's your that's your bait fish, but there's really big perch in that lake too. Um, so there's there's crappie, there's sunfish. Um, I mean, they were on full attack too on some of the things we were doing, which was it was a hoot and free fish. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, bass, walleye, northern pike. They've got muskie in there now. They introduced those a few years back, and uh, they're starting to take off. And guys are catching a few of those every once in a while. I mean, there's some decent ones in there. Um, Lake trout is another thing uh, that is in, in that lake that uh, maybe a lot of people don't realize, but uh, they get targeted mainly fall, winter, uh, stuff like that, but they're there. So the other, the other uh, key factor in that, uh, that lake being so, oh, healthy, let's say, is the, the forage. Uh, so there's smelt in there. And all of those fish, it's like, like little, little prime ribs swimming around. They just dig it, you know? Yeah. Um, boy, yeah, it's it's just a, a you know I just keep hearing great stories about that lake, and uh, I think it's something that uh, it takes a while to figure that lake out because it it's not easy to find fish. It's very deep, plus they got a lot of food in there, so oftentimes they're not hungry for what you're trying to give them. That's the key right there. <laughs> so if you're out fishing what you think they should be eating and they're not eating it, you need to you know give it give it four or five hours. <laughs> And then, then just start making altercations or alterations, you know, and uh, you know, just switch up 
something, whether it be color, whether it be the size of your bait, whether it be the depth range you're fishing. Um, but yeah, super, super clear water, uh, darker bottom. Um, the grass on main Lake this year, isn't uh, like it has been on, on the lake in other years or years past, I should say. Uh, but there's still some, and there's fish to be found of all species in that grass. Now, you get up into the arms, say the Wendigo arm, Sherry's arm, Sugar, Salter, uh, stuff like that, Pools Bay, um, there's really good grass. And there's pretty decent, pretty decent amount of fish in that stuff. The next tournaments, you got two more left, you said. Yes, sir. We're going to be on uh, Woman Lake in Longville area mm-hmm. coming up next. Another, Another good one. one. My really, really fun lakes. I uh, happen to enjoy it. Uh, this time of year, uh, we get uh, we get dealt a little uh, little twist uh, with an algae bloom that happens every year, and it takes the clarity of that lake that you normally see in the spring, or eight ten feet down, you can see no problem. Sometimes deeper uh, brings it up to well, if you're if you can see a foot and a half or two foot down, it's uh, count yourself lucky. <laughs> so. Um, I, I, I don't know what causes it. Um, obviously it's the water temperatures and that's when the, the natural algae that's in that lake decides to, uh, just absolutely go crazy. But, uh, I don't think the, the fish are overly bothered by it. They still feed, um, they still do their things They can be caught everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely it makes it a little bit more interesting when you can take, when <clears throat> for me, especially I consider myself a sight fisherman, um, Love looking at them. Hmm. I can. I feel like I've got a little bit of an advantage when I can see a fish. I can judge its attitude, um, its interest level on whatever bait that I'm trying to put in front of its face. And uh, if well, if I see them, I think I can catch them. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's <laughs> just that's how I look at it. But uh, going back to the electronics, when you take your eyes out of it, you have to rely on something else. So the, then the electronics become my eyes. And I rely heavily on my electronics out there, especially this time of year. So, and a lot of people are used to that fishing anyway. You know, electronics are are changing the game in the uh, in the whole fishing industry, whether it be tournament fishing, fun fishing, or just going out and seeing what's out there. You find people are finding all kinds of cool stuff. So, if we're going out fishing uh, these days with all this heat we've had and the the, the weather patterns, uh, what should we be doing right now? Ooh, okay. I knew you were going to come up with this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm still waiting for that invitation to go out fishing with you, Kev. Uh, keep checking my mailbox daily. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know if our addresses are goofy or what, but anyway. Uh, clearly, we're in the dog days of summer. Um, we've been been in the dog days for a while, but the fish are finally realizing, hey, you know what? It's hot. Water temperatures where we're not really liking it, um, but... You know, we're fish. We have to do what we do. Uh, we know winter's coming. So I think right now, um, personally, I'm going to slow down uh, in fish areas more methodically. We're still we're still finding that it's it's pattern based. A lot of the lakes in northern Minnesota, I feel, are are pattern lakes. Whereas if you can find a key little area where you getting you're getting some bites, you're catching some fish, you can take that, look at your mapping, and you can run it for I would say the majority of the rest of the lake. Is it always going to hold true? No, but you're going to increase your odds. So I would say I'm going to slow down. Um, I'm probably going to fish a little deeper. There's a little bit cooler water down there. Um, and then once again, going to the going to the water clarity um, cover is going to play as well. Uh, they there's well the hours the daylight hours are are declining. We're on the decline now, so. 
the the sunlight penetration, the sun's not as far as overhead, but they're still sensitive to the light. Plus, they want to lay lurk in the shadows. So the the bath, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking strictly bath. Sure. Uh, walleyes are still out doing what walleyes do. Pike are doing what pike do. But they're, I think they're still they're slowed down. They're they're maybe suspending a little bit more over deeper water, um, chasing bait stuff like that to just kind of generalize this whole conversation. But I, I personally, I think I would slow down and I would target heavy cover and uh, yeah, a little little uh, little depthier these days. Well, we can talk specifically. Go ahead. Sorry, we can talk specifically bass if you want. But uh, what what really would they be interested in eating right now? Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> Look at the questions. Uh, I like throwing a jig, uh, especially once we get past spring, past the spawn, past their post spawn funk. I think they're going to be going after a a lot of crayfish. Um, this is this is me personally, so I'm going to throw a jig, a soft plastic that's going to resemble a crawfish of some sort. Now that said, um, you can certainly still get bites on crankbaits, on uh, like bladed jigs, something along those lines, uh, with the right conditions. And of course, if you're shallow enough and there's the right cover, um, topwater frog, um, or heck, topwater baits in general, if you find the right uh, right cover or where the fish are holding, uh, it's always a good choice. So. We can still fish all ranges of the uh, water column um, and then let the fish tell us what the, what they want. You know, if we pay attention and we're not stubborn like uh, like the guy you're talking to right now <laughs> was the other day, um, we can learn from it and make, make the proper adjust. When does Bassmaster start again? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Um, that The next tournament uh, for the Opens for me is... Uh, end of September. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'll have to check my calendar, but I think it's the 24th, 5th, 6th. Um, that seems to ring a bell. And that's uh, going to be Lake Norman out in North Carolina. I haven't, haven't really thought about that one a lot. <laughs> uh, we're still we're still a couple months out. <laughs> but as it gets closer, obviously, I'm going to have to start making preparations and all that fun stuff. But concentrating on the, the uh, local MNBN circuits uh, right now, just to see if we can get get that qualifying spot or one of the two qualifying spots for the uh, the team championship in December, and that's first and foremost in the uh, on the agenda right now, I guess. It's Tuma time with Keith Tuma. You- Heck yeah, dude! I like the way that rolls off your tongue. All that's right, awesome. Tuma time with Keith Tuma. <laughs> Keith, as always, great to have you on the show. Good luck with those tournaments the rest of the way, and, and thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely, Kev. Once again, thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's try and get out on the water one of these days. I don't think he understands what he's getting himself into there. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for joining me once again. As always, uh, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen at your leisure and get a lot of that bonus content that you won't hear on the radio show. You can do that at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Fish ale, ball, ball.